It's the Score North Twin Show. Presented by our friends at Fratelloni's. It is uh, tailgating season. We were tailgating yesterday for the Gophers-Nebraska game outside the stadium. I didn't see a Weber grill, though, so I wasn't going to touch that food. All right. This is this is... <laughs> This is Declan on his Weber grill, mm. kebabs, shrimp, and Fratelloni's is one of the largest Weber dealers in the state. They're here to help you kick off tailgating season. Maybe there's going to be some tailgating for uh, Twins playoff games in a month from now. You can find all sorts of glorious Weber grills at Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden, more than 20 metro locations. Scornorth.com, enter keyword Weber to find out more about Weber grills. Um... Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden. Appreciate them supporting us here on the Score North Twin Show. Gentlemen, uh, we, we left yesterday's episode hopeful that, oh, maybe that maybe the, there'll be some action here. The Twins are going to put in some claims on the, the Angels let go 25% of their rosters from really good players. We were trying to look at the like the order of the records. You know, There's a few teams in front of the Twins that might have interest, but like Cleveland probably won't. Dude, Cleveland stepped in yesterday, <laughs> and they claimed three pitchers, Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, and Ronaldo Lopez, all three that we said, starting with Matt Moore being number one, would be great fits with the Twins. And their general manager, or their president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, said, quote, whether or not we can close the gap on the Twins, we don't know, but we want to try. <laughs> The Guardians have planted their flag in the ground after waving it at the trade deadline a month ago and said, no, we are here. Thank you, Angels. We're going to go for this thing. Okay, so two things just to be very, very clear. The first thing and the most important probably is this. So because of the way that this process works, the Twins could have put in claims on these guys. It doesn't matter. So because I did see some, well, did, did the Twins try? You can't make trades right now. So the waiver claim process allows a team in the Guardians position to have priority on the Twins for every one of these players. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the key thing. So the Twins had no chance here. But if that's defending the Twins, I will say this. This is a Twins-created problem, too, because they're the ones who have given the Guardians hope after they dumped, after they dumped and after – Antonetti and I believe the GM actually flew to Houston to explain to the players why, because the players rightfully so were like, this is BS. This is a bunch of crap. Um, the twins could have put in a stake through the guardian's heart ages ago, ages ago, and they have not. So I will defend the twins and just to be you know abundantly clear, they did not have a chance at these three players, but the fact that these three players even could make a difference is on the twins and the lack of any consistency in running away with a terrible division. Yeah. How do you feel, Declan, that the uh that the that the Guardians are now saying, okay, twins, you have effed around and now you're gonna find out that they're going for it. Uh, I, I guess it creates a little extra drama, and you know, I think Minnesotans we get uh, really comfortable with just being comfortable. So now, like the Guardians have gone for these waiver claims and put in all these claims that, oh boy, oh god, is that now the fears maybe setting in of some Twins fans of, oh, they they didn't beat them on Tuesday and Wednesday, and now they got three players that the Twins probably really, really would have liked. Just looking at the schedule and looking at all 
all the probabilities. I mean, the Twins still should win this division, but I do like a little added drama. I mean, I know I've been, I do the magic number countdown. And it's been stuck on 24, I think, since Monday. Uh, but it adds a little bit more drama when you're scoreboard watching. I think it's it's good for competition, and it's good for the Twins that they're just not going to completely waltz away with it, even though that is still obviously on the table too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's... I, this process is so weird. The fact that you can just dump really good players and and now they're available to be claimed. And then instead of you getting access like a fantasy football or baseball league to like, who's your who's your top priority? If you get one player, now you move to the back of the line. That's not how it works. The Guardians, because they have a worse record than the Twins, said, oh, we get to pick any or all of these players. This is great. So because the Angels are an incompetent idiot franchise that's also looking to pinch pennies and save money and get beneath a luxury tax level, they punt on their season, and the Guardians get to sit there and say, ooh, we get any of these guys? Cool, Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, and Ronaldo Lopez. Let's revamp our entire pitching staff. Like, it's, it is weird. I guess I, I don't know. It is what it is. It's the system. But, like, if this is what ultimately tilts the division in Cleveland's favor, I agree with Judd. The Twins are to blame first and foremost because they've been playing with fire all season. They should have a 10-game lead by now. But um, it would be be pretty dirty if this is if these three players made the difference at the end of the day. But if you're the Twins, you know, you're, you have enough good players. Like, you're still better than – you have a better roster than Cleveland right now. You're still a better team. And you got reinforcements coming in Alex Kirloff and Buxton, so go take the division. But it is it is a weird process. Well, first of all, I think this rule gets changed, right? Like I, I don't think baseball when when they they put the trade deadline and said no waiver trades where they did for a reason. Like they wanted that to be the final big moves. And I don't think that they envisioned that teams would just be like, okay, screw it. You know what? We're just going to waive these guys. And now guys get picked up, uh, not pulled back. So I I think the rule is going to change, but I'm with Dex. I think it adds intrigue. And I think it's really, really interesting because of this. If these three players impact the guardians enough where they catch the twins and pass them, um, I think you're, I think you are looking at there have to be, changes with the twins based on this will be an epic collapse. Like you literally are the best team in a division that sucks. And so I think either way, if you're a twins fan, there could be a a certain uh, gratification here because one I'm with both of you guys and the odds, this team should still win the division. They definitely should. But if they don't, and if you are uh, um, uh, Joe Polat, I don't think that you can look at this and be and be like, oh, Cleveland got three guys on waivers. That was unfair. And everyone's, you know, so I think either way that there's going to be um, there's going to be certain things that will be very interesting to watch. And this sort of just up the stakes a bit. Yeah, I think, yeah, if, like if you're if you're Joe Polad and you're and you're looking at this thing, I agree. Like, however, you can you can think that the process is weird and Cleveland got lucky or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you don't get to the playoffs and. I don't know what his bar is for like running it back with the same front office and manager, but, but the expectations should still be, you hold on to a five game lead. It was a seven game lead before you lost two games. Um, I would have really liked to have seen Matt Moore in this bullpen. Cause I think God, they could, they could use some, but they had a chance to trade for someone like that too. I mean, Matt, Matt Moore was available to be traded for like, um, I don't know, maybe not, I guess, but, 
there's other guys like Matt Moore that you could have had a month ago if you wanted. So I have for you guys, if you're interested, we can do this multiple times over the next four weeks. I have an updated now that they didn't get these players from the angels, a 26 man projected playoff roster and lineup. How, how I would line this up one through 26 position players and pitchers. If okay, you're in, if you're interested, well, let's do it. No, let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. And and this is these are lineups. You said starting lineups too potentially, or just the roster. I I do have a starting lineup against a right-handed pitcher. Okay. I didn't do both lefties and right because you're going to face more right-handers than left-handers. So I have a I have a starting lineup against right-handed pitching, the bench bats, my three-man starting rotation, and then a bullpen. Let's do it. Okay. Love it. All right, you tell me what you guys think. So here's my here's my nine-man lineup against a right-handed pitcher. We're going to start off with designated hitter Edward Julian to set the table. Okay. I've got Royce Lewis, third base, batting second, even against a right-handed pitcher, because I just think I, you got to keep putting him in spots, man. He is that dude. If there is a player that's going to just rise up to the moment, healthy, put a team on his back, I do think it's Royce Lewis. So he's my only right-handed hitter at the at the top of this lineup. And then I'm going second base Jorge Polanco who's a switch hitter. So you get a you get a left another left-handed hitter against a right-handed bat and he's one of the hottest hitters on the team the last month. I get Max Kepler in the cleanup spot in right field and then first baseman Alex Kirloff are my first five hitters. So the first five hitters I've got four guys batting left-handed against a right-handed pitcher. And then Royce Lewis is the fifth guy in that mix. Okay. So I did this exercise with Judd about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago now, Phil. And we have a, now this was also before Polanco has been on a complete hot streak. I would have moved mm-hmm. him up. I originally had him batting eighth, but after what he's been doing now, I would 100% move him up. We're, we're getting like the peak version of Jorge Polanco here a little bit at yeah. the, at the right time. It's one of the sneaky underlying stories of this team. I feel like, Mm-hmm. Then my center fielder batting sixth is Byron Buxton. My shortstop batting seventh is Carlos Correa. My left fielder batting eighth is Matt Walner. Another left-handed bat against a right-handed pitcher. And then Ryan Jeffers is the best number nine hitter in baseball. He's my catcher. I think if you were, like, all things equal, I think if if you were just going off of the numbers they're putting up this year, I think Carlos Correa would be my number nine hitter, but I don't know that you can. He batted seventh for the Astros in some like big games in the playoffs. I don't think you can move him all the way down, but he's seventh and in my lineup. I like that. And I, I think Declan, if I'm not mistaken, you did the same thing. And our conversation though was like, do they have the cojones to go to him and do that? Now I, I like it. I think you're exactly right. Um, but this team, you know, Correa gets treated differently, and in some ways he should, but in this case he shouldn't. It's the playoffs. Um, and, yes, Royce Lewis needs to needs to be left alone. Like, he's your future. So he needs to play, and he needs to be second or third, and you need to not get cute with that one. The Correa idea from both of you I'm absolutely on board with. I guess I question if the Twins would do that. They should. I, have, I have Buxton batting ninth. In in mine was was uh, against the righty. I have him batting ninth, even with him coming back. Mm-hmm. And I do have Walner a lot higher with uh, him still also being a lefty going against the righty. I want that bat in the fives or six spot. I don't. I can't have that hitting so so much lower in the in the in the order. And Jeffers has been a little bit cooler 
as I know we had the big walk off uh, or the the big bomb the other last week earlier this week, but in general, I gotta have Matt Walner a lot higher in that lineup. Yeah, my so my logic. Well, there's a couple of things. This lineup is pretty badass, actually. If you start to look at if these guys are all in there healthy, and you're talking about Buxton or Jeffers hitting ninth in a lineup, that's that's a champagne problem, as uh, some would say. The reason I didn't put Walner a little higher is because at some point they could bring a lefty out of the bullpen, and then that guy would just get to face like three or four consecutive left-handed hitters, and it would be kind of a waste of an inning. So I tried to load up on left-handed hitters a little early, but I didn't want there to be a spot where like a reliever could come in and just have an easy breezy inning against three or four left-handed hitters in a row. But you know, if you said no, dude, Walner's got to be higher. I'd be like, okay, cool, yep, I. I wouldn't fight you on that. I, I guess from the way things have been going to um, the Buxton problem, I think will work itself out. Like he, he will either play and probably bat low, which he should, or Taylor will play and bat ninth. And, and I, I think that Buxton is far from a sure thing. The guy that I'm actually most concerned about, because I think if he is healthy and playing well, he can be outstanding, but he, it appears, and this is not Buxton that he rarely is, is Kirilov. So, so like in a perfect word world, Phil, I think what you're doing with Kirilov makes a ton of sense. Um, I don't know we're going to get a perfect world with him, and I don't know where where he is at recovery wise. He's hurt a lot. Um, I think Alex Kirilov has a ton of potential, but the problem is it's potential because every time it starts to be fulfilled, it feels like he goes on the IL, and you know he's just in this weird. I mean, it is so weird that so many key components of this team young components have had so many injury problems mm-hmm. i mean buxton's not young now but it probably starts with buxton kirilov um royce lewis and I, you know it's it's some some of it's weird freak stuff but it is just so weird but i i have real concern that kirilov is going to be ready to contribute as much as if you're going to hit him fifth you've got to be really certain there and i'm not sure that that certainty is going to be there yet i hope i'm wrong but that might be where where walner gets moved up because i could see them starting solano at first base or something like that in the playoffs if kirloff's yeah. not there yeah and by the yeah. way like if if if, if donnie yeah. if sorry echo echo central there um we're dealing with some technical issues on this episode and purple daily that we're grinding through here but um, if that's the thing I like Donnie barrels is third on the team and, and on base. So here's my bench and it includes Donnie barrels who's third on the team and on base percentage. So if you had to put him in at any point, like mm-hmm. you get a, a guy that's getting on base at almost a 40% clip. So Michael a Taylor, Christian Vasquez, Donovan Solano. I got Kyle farmer on the playoff roster. He can play any position. You know, if you get into extra innings or whatever, you got a or pinch run for somebody. And then Willie Willie Castro positions. He, sometimes he makes dumb mistakes. I do worry about him doing something dumb in a playoff game, but he's easily your best base stealer too. So if you need a guy to go from first to second and get a guy in scoring position, um, and and you got position flex. So like Willie Castro, if he if he's healthy and whatever is on. So I've got the nine hitters, and then the five bench bats. I do not have Joey Gallo on my postseason roster. I don't blame either. Uh, I, I cannot find a spot for him, um, on this playoff roster. I, I, if, if, uh, if they are smart about this, I, I don't know how you can have a guy who is just basically a, a strikeout machine 
uh, on your postseason roster. I want the flexibility of a Castro. I want the flexibility of Kyle Farmer. I can't figure out a way to have Joey Gallo on this roster. Joey Gallo should be off the damn roster right now. So, yeah, like I, I, I would – if Rocco really likes to play him, and I don't blame him, I think it is above him. But whoever is in love with this thought of of Joey Gallo recapturing the magic, I would release him just to undermine that person and remove the temptation. So, like, I look, are they going to back Korea in the bottom half? My guess is no, and I think there will be debate about that. Uh, Buxton, it might be a debate as well, but I think that is more justified. If anybody in the meetings about the roster puts up a fight for Gallo, I'd show him the door. I'd be like, dude, you're not involved then. Mm-hmm. So like I, I don't even think this is tough. And I, I would I would DFA him today just to remove the temptation. Is it bad? I mean, it's just useless. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, like, so you got, got since May or whatever, the guy's striking out fifty percent of the time. You want that on your playoff roster? Like, it it should not even be a conversation. So he is not on the team. All right, here's the pitchers. So three starting pitchers for the wild card round. Give me Pablo Lopez. I might start Sonny Gray in game one. Still, still very bullish on Sonny Gray. Uh, he leads the american league and earned run average but pablo lopez sunny gray and then joe ryan if if we get that version of joe ryan again a few more times here joe ryan's my number three starter and here's my bullpen so i've got one two three four five six seven eight i got nine relievers so it's going to be uh 14 position players and nine relievers and three starters for the 26 i've got duran griffin jacks gotta turn it around buddy okay Emilio Pagan, be careful how you use him in high leverage spots. Dylan Floro right now is, he's on the squad. He's got big time postseason experience. And then behind those guys, I've got Kenta Maeda in the bullpen. He has a 1.6 career postseason ERA as a reliever. It's all for the Dodgers a few years ago, but this dude has major postseason bullpen experience that could come in handy. I've got Louis Varland. Assuming that the that the reliever experiment goes well here in September, they're starting it, I think, this weekend. Caleb Thielbar, who's been struggling lately, but he's your best left-handed reliever. And then I've got two open spots. And this is where it gets dicey. Like This is where like Matt Moore would have helped out because it's just, yeah. you, you, we put a guy in there. So I've got two open spots. I'd like another lefty. So I'm, I'm reserving a lefty spot for either Dallas Keuchel or Cody Funderburk. His first outing went great. He's been great in the minor leagues. His second outing, not so much. So I, I need to see more of Cody Funderburk here over the next few weeks, but I, I'd love a second lefty. And Funderburk can miss a lot more bats than Keichel. Now, Keichel might come in and get you a ground ball double play or something. Uh, I would probably lean Funderburk over Keichel for a bullpen spot, but... Right especially because we got Kenta Maeda and Louis Varland who can give you multiple innings kind of handcuffed to a starter if needed. And then, God, I'm like, I don't trust Josh Winder. Bailey Ober is way past his career high in innings, and he's been fading. If I will say this. If Brock Stewart or Jorge Alcala can be 100% by the time September rolls around, I'm giving it, like, Brock Stewart's a no-brainer if he's healthy. But in the absence of those guys... And the lack of trust in Winder and Ober, I think I'm going Cole Sands as my last reliever. 
but he's only coming in in probably a blowout game. So, so it gets really tough, those last couple bullpen spots. And, and you did have Louis Varlin as mm-hmm. one of your ready options. Right? And I saw yesterday, I believe he did crack triple digits on the radar gun at St. Paul coming out of the bullpen. So that is also a very interesting uh, potential flame-throwing option on the right-handed side. I probably lead uh, Thunderberg for the other lefty spot. Uh, to your point, he can miss a lot more bats. And Dallas Keuchel's, Dallas Keuchel's role is if, a starter runs into a problem and you need to handcuff him. And personally, I would rather, um, I'd rather give that spot to a more high leverage lefty user than have to just have a guy out there. That's only there for break case of emergency. Like but the, but like they, I feel like opinion. they're going to have like a couple. Yeah. I mean, there's no great, once you get to like the last couple spots in this bullpen, you're kind of just praying for dear life. Right. Yeah. Dude, Louis, Louis Varland as a lights out reliever, it's such wishful thinking, but it would change everything. And sometimes that's what happens. Guys, you know, guys who are just kind of mediocre starters, like they, they can crack a rotation maybe. And then they get that like late in the season, they get that seventh, eighth, ninth inning role. Hey, just yeah. go channel this all into like 30 pitches. I think this could be an interesting career fork in the road, like in a good way for Louis Varlin. That if all hey, there's an opportunity, man. There is not a second best reliever in this pecking order right now. It's Duran who's having his own struggles and a bunch of other guys that don't really have strong footing for that that number two spot. Go take it, man. Like that spot is open and up for grabs over the next 30 days here. And I mean you saw it with like Glenn Perkins who was a pretty much failed starter turned into a really good flame throwing reliever yeah, as well, right? Like it, you've seen plenty Eddie Gordano. Of like yep, Eddie G, Latroy Hawkins, like I yeah. mean, there, there's you can go up and down the list um and he might be a very intriguing option especially if this is legitimate that he's touching upper 90s and even cracking triple digits on the radar gun. I mean that that changes my entire bridge to Duran and just having flamethrowers in a high leverage situation. Amen. All right, we are so all right, we're, let's just bring this to the show here before we get to the immaculate grid. We're dealing we're dealing with Judd audio technical issues here. Let's see if there's an echo. Hello, Judd. Welcome back. Echo, echo. Gentlemen, I've now changed browsers. How is that? I've changed. (laughs) I've done everything possible. And and by the way, if anybody knows about Windows 11 and echo problems, my headphones are new. My mic is new. So this is not an equipment. (laughs) Well, it it probably is a computer thing. But um, feel free to drop us a note because I got no clue. So I think, you know what, sometimes the browser, I'll, I'll say Firefox was our friend for a while with some yep. of this stuff. And then I feel like lately, like Chrome is coming back down the back stretch. So maybe, maybe this will fix it. But so far, well, let's so far, give so this good. a shot. Okay. Let's just give it a shot. Okay. Um, so there it is. There's the 26 man roster. When you jumped out there, we were just talking about how it would be that Duran needs to snap out of it and become the dominant closer that he once was. But there is no like obvious second best reliever in this bunch. And I would, I would tell Louis Varland, you're throwing a hundred miles an hour. We're prepping you for this thing. You're one of our favorite young pitchers in the system. This could be a great opportunity for you. Go become the second best reliever in this bullpen. Go strike a bunch of dudes out in September and maybe October. And I mean, look how many players in twins history became really good relievers. They were kind of on the fence or failed starters. And, you know, they got the opportunity, Latroy Hawkins, Eddie Gordado, Glenn Perkins, like you get that opportunity. Your stuff plays really well for 35 or 40 pitches max. Like maybe that's Louis Varlin. Well, and, and we have 
also seen guys that go to the bullpen and they're not failed starters, but they clearly can contribute and they spend some time in a very important high leverage relief role. And then they eventually switch back to starting too. So yeah, like, like that's an absolute, that's absolutely smart. Now, one thing I would say too, though, is I hope that the hook on starters in the playoffs, like, and the twins have done some real good things comparatively. Okay. So just to be very fair here, it feels like they definitely came up with a different philosophy. So they have not been traditionally as much taking out starters. Uh, Gray, I think, could have probably stayed in for another inning against the Guardians. He was just magnificent on Wednesday. So I just hope that they have evolved also where we don't see, you know, because the one thing, uh, in addition to the mistakes that cost them the Astros two games, the one thing I always go back to is, both of those guys, Maeda and Brios, were really good and mm-hmm. got a pretty damn quick hook. Like, don't tempt fate with your bullpen. And if the goal, if the goal is to win one playoff game, ride what you can to try and get that one win. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna, I was, I'm, I'm gonna mute you here because we're still getting the echo. While I then throw it to you before we get to the immaculate grid to talk about your favorite vehicle in all of the Twin Cities, Judd, go. That would be my friends uh, from Finch Home Solutions. We're going to pull up in this van that you're about to see right <laughs> now. There it is, Finch Home Solutions. Yes, it, it looks like the like the local National Football League team. That's because Cody Finch and his team are all huge Vikings fans. But they're also fans of fixing any electrical issue, big or small, in your home. Uh, so if you have any problems, you might need your entire home rewired. You might just need an outlet switch. You know what? No project is too big and no project is too small for Finch. And right now, there's an offer on the table, too. A free electrical panel inspection in your home or $199 for a home safety inspection. 612-357-2604. FinchHomeSolutions.com. There's a form right there that you can fill out. Finch is going to pull up with that van that you just saw right in front of your house. And they're going to fix any issues that you have. Finch Home Solutions. And if you have issues losing weight or you're just looking to shed some pounds here before playoff season, you want to look your best for that wild card round when you show up to Target Field and uh, maybe a shirt size that's one size smaller. Who can help the audience with that? Oh, that would be, uh, of course, Livia Weight Control Centers. And don't just take my word for it. Uh Uh-uh. The voting is done. The votes are in. And guess what? Three consecutive years, Livia voted the best weight loss program in the entire state. So, yeah, Sports Dad has, has sung their praises now for two or three years. Uh, a lot of people who watch Score North have joined and sent us notes saying it's great. But for three consecutive years, it's a hat trick now. And 14 years of changing lives. Livia has been uh, acknowledged as the best weight loss program in the entire state. But here is the good news. If you are a, a twin show listener or viewer in Florida, or let's say you're in Boston, guess what? The whole program can be done virtually. So Livia can serve you no matter where you might live. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. All right, can we can we do this? Can, we're, we're limping down the backstretch here trying to fix some audio issues. Can we do the Immaculate Grid? Oh, look at Vinny, by the way, in the background. Look at him. He looks like a statue. He looks like a stuffed animal. I think think mom's on calls and I'm on podcast. He's like, I got to go to the bathroom. But (laughs) he's not okay. Vinny, can you wait six minutes, guy? Can you wait six minutes? Because we put six minutes on the clock for the Immaculate Grid. 
And uh, our goal, by the way, I was um, I was challenged by uh, Adam Hansen, uh, a friend who was uh, once very close with the Twins clubhouse. And he said, anytime the Twins are on the grid, see if you guys can do an all-former Twins, all nine spots on the grid being former Twins. And he showed me his from yesterday. Oh, my God. It was really good. Twins aren't on the grid today. We're looking to go nine for nine, and here are the boxes we're looking to fill. A Mariner who was once a National or an Expo, a Mariner who was once a Cardinal, and a Mariner who was once a Guardian or an Indian, a Royal who was once a Nat or an Expo, a Royal who was once a Cardinal, and a Royal who was once a Guardian, and then a Nat with a 40-save season, a Cardinal with a 40-save season, and a Guardian with a 40-save season. We'll put six minutes on the clock. Rarity score would be great. Otherwise, we're just looking to go nine for nine. Here we go. You guys, you guys want to knock out saves first? Sure. sure. Okay. Lee, Lee Smith is the obvious one for the Cardinals, but I'm sure there's way more than that. Uh, uh, Jason Isringhausen, did he not close yeah, he save did. 40? Um, Trevor Rosenthal would be another one. Mm-hmm. Who's the who's going to get the best rarity score out of Lee Smith, Trevor Rosenthal, and Jason Isringhausen? I think Lee Smith would be a I very think, high score. He's, see, he's I disagree. a Hall of Famer. Or uh, I think Rosenthal and and Inger, whatever the hell it was, uh, Isringhausen, Ingrenhausen. Thank you, Isringhausen. Isringhausen. Jason Isringhausen is a pretty famous player. Mm-hmm. Have you so heard of Jason Isringhausen? Yes, I know who he is. I just didn't <laughs> want to say his guy's GD name. So, which one do you want to go with? I don't, wow! Wow! It's lashing. Whoa! It's up to you guys. I um I don't know which one has the best rarity score, but we can go. Lee Smith is at least Smith's going to have a pretty high one, I think. But we can go legendary Lee Smith. Let's see. Okay. See what it 22. is. Twenty-two. Yeah. Twenty-two yeah. percent. Okay. Um, uh, for Expo, Juan Uribe, about, uh, or no, he was a hitter. Who? Or Ugeth Urbina. Uh, what about uh, Twins legend who played for the Expos, Jeff Reardon? Did he get 40? That I don't know. Oh, it's a good one. Jeff was their closer. Came here in 87. I don't remember if he got 40. I mean, I would say Reardon or uh, an, an Ugeth Urbina was their closer. I don't know if he got 40. Yeah, Wetland, Wetland was traded too quickly to have 40 yeah. for them, right? Or, mm. or didn't have 40 because he was acquired by the Yankees, Johnny Wetland. Mm-hmm. Boy, I don't know. It's tough, man. We could we could try Reardon. Was Re- that was before the before he got to the Twins? Yeah, he was yeah, traded. He was, um, he was a longtime Montreal Expo before, right? Yep. What's your level of confidence, Judd, in Reardon? I just it's a different era, and I don't remember if forty. Oh, saves. I thought it was the eighties. I thought it was the era where everyone should know these players. We're com- no, I'm. Wow, dude, what are you? I'm, what, I, well, what's well, with all the you, lashing you, you poked, out here you've, today? You've, you've, you've poked fun at me for these players, and now I'm giving you an 80s player, and, and now we're not dude, we're, we're not debating who Jeff Reardon is. We're debating whether he got 40 saves. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm saying I, I, I think this is a good one. Okay. All right, th- then do it. Jeff Reardon. There we go. There you go. Okay. Nice job. Great job, Declan. Nice work. Yeah, yeah. Nice work. Now, we could have probably used Lee Smith for Cleveland, too, actually, right? Did you? Did Jeff Shaw get when when he was put up putting up his good years in Cleveland? Did, did wow. he get forty? Bob Wickman, I think, got forty one time. God, I love Bob Wickman. I, I, I think Bob Wickman got forty. Classe's probably like Classe did it just like last year, and that'll be a yeah. high one. But that's the only one I will. I probably would feel confident about. 
but if you guys are confident with the because they're yeah, they're awesome in the 90s bob wickman got a ton right he was the closer for like good cleveland teams right like around the time i'll wear that if i'm wrong i'll wear it i'll wear it all right we got to get bob 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 wickman is like the spirit of the immaculate grid i feel like all right there we go look at that guy he was good bob wickman look at that smile look how happy he's got big cheeks okay Um, we got three minutes left on the clock here because we just argued about jeff reardon Seattle and Washington would be Randy Johnson. Uh, the Expos. Um, oh yeah, Mike Mike Morse. I feel like uh, uh, Randy Johnson will be very high, but that's a safe one. Mike Morse was like an outfielder for one, like a Silver Slugger with the Nats, and I know he bounced with Seattle for a little bit too. All right. Um, okay. Mike Let's Morse, right fielder, I believe. Nice. Five percent, Mike Morse. Nice. Um, you did use... Harold Reynolds play for the Cardinals? Royce Clayton. Didn't Royce Clayton play for both the Cardinals and the Mariners, Judd? Did he play for the Mariners? He definitely played for the Cardinals and the Giants. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But if you think he played for Seattle, I don't remember him in Seattle. You can use uh, Carlos Santana for either of these Guardian squares. Yep. Yeah. Let's uh, try to think of twins here, too. Oh, um. Michael A. Taylor for Nats and uh, Royals. There you go. That's a good one. That'll, that'll be a good one. I'm I'm trying to rack my brain for former twins now that I now that that seed was planted here. That's great. That's a, I love that one. Okay, let's use Car. Let's use Carlos Santana for one of these. You just pick pick your favorite square. Okay. Which one's going to be tougher? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm. Is it going to be Cleveland or is it going to be Seattle? I, I feel like we should know more about Cleveland. Yeah, and those are two divisional teams. So yeah. didn't David Segui hit? Uh, was David Segui a Guardian, an Indian? I think I think you're right, dude. I think that's a great call. David Segui for a, a Mariner who was a C G U I S E G U I. David Segui S E G. Yeah, good good hitter, professional hitter right there. Ooh. Point three. Let's go, dude. That's awesome, Carlos David Segui. I don't know. Some of these names are just. And we got crazy. Carlos there, so we need a couple. We need a cardinal who was a uh, a mariner and a cardinal who was a royal. Okay, um, minute left. Cardinal who was a royal. I feel like there's several of them. Yeah, I mean, it's... Kevin Apier. I don't think he pitched for the Cardinals. God. Trying to think of starters. Um, this is tough. Pitchers? Brett Boone. People are screaming at their speakers right now. You know, it's like. It's because of the echo. Did Todd Zeal? Todd Zeal. Did he play for the Mariners? Play for the Cubs, the Cardinals? Yes. Thirty seconds. Saint oh, oh, Louis and Seattle. Oh boy. Catchers. Ryan Ludwig. Did he go to the Mariners? I don't know. Oh god. We're gonna have to guess here. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do I think there's like '80s connections with Royals and 
Well, they played in the World Series in eighty. That's that's probably why it is because it feels like they they like played each other in nineties Mariners that went to St. Louis. Um, Did Nick Punto play for? Uh, oh. The Royals? No, he didn't. I don't think so, dude. I yeah, we're we're past time here, by the way. So it's just yeah. our self imposed self imposed time has elapsed, which right. is neither here nor there. I feel like God, the the like yeah the yeah, we've never done the give up button. Oh, they have a give up button. Yeah, they That's have a give funny. up button now. Yeah. We should we should just throw a couple players in here, but I can't. I literally can't think of any mayor. Oh, Jeff. What about uh, didn't Jeff Weaver pitch for both? Oh, the Mariners and the that throw it in. sounds correct. Point nine. Point nine. Let's go. Dude. Good stuff. Okay. All right. And then we just need a Royal who was a Cardinal. Okay. Oh, Lonnie Smith. Oh, there's a good one. Lonnie. Lonnie Smith. All right. That's pr- okay. One thirty-five. So. We Let's did break our, our imposed, self-imposed uh, six-minute oh. time limit. The average score is only five today. This was so. a tough one today. Yo, so the most common answers were Randy Johnson, oh, Michael A. Oh, Taylor, oh. Jeff Reardon. Isringhausen was a, oh, wow, he was 38%. And then Class A, Carlos Santana for a couple squares, Colton Wong, and Carlos Bel. Oh, Carlos Beltran. Beltran. Wait. What's up? Oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait. That, that's fine. I I keep th- thinking that people used Carlos Santana twice, but they don't. Man. It's just the most common scores. There is not a 70% square in any of these. So these were toss-ups for most people. This was a tough one. Good job. A 135 rarity score for us is not that's a perfect. total train wreck. But... David Segui. Any time that you, you can get professional <laughs> hitter David Segui in the grid, I love it. Yeah. A great uh, random power hitter presented by Power Lodge and Miller Marine. Power Lodge, 25 years of bringing action and excitement to Minnesota as your go-to destination for all things marine and power sports. Uh, right now, it's still the end of pontoon season. They've got all sorts of Benningtons. And we're getting into, like, ATV, snowmobile season here in the fall, winter. MillerMarine.com and PowerLodge.com to snag some throttle therapy for yourself. All right, boys. We did it. We technically succeeded on the Immaculate Grid. We did go past our self-imposed six. You know what? It, it's fine. It's good. It's still good. No one cares. The, his, the history books aren't gonna. And, and and let's not forget that there was a a, a timeout because of a brawl that broke out. On That's true. Show midway through the Declan grid. felt or nearly have a a meltdown during grid time. Yeah, Declan felt like we've been poking too much about his lack of knowledge of baseball players before he was born. And he melted over there a little bit. And things got ugly. Yeah. Chairs were thrown. Put your hand on the grill and you get burned. That's that's what happens. Put your hand in a shark's mouth and it gets bit. That's what. Oh, I don't bleep, feel burned at all. Bleep around and find out. All right. Uh, it's the Scornark Twin Show where we just want the Twins to win a playoff game for the first time in 18 tries.